Zach. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? It's been a minute, eh? It's been a little while, yeah. You've moved twice. I have, yeah. Uh, finally settled in to the new space. Feeling pretty good. Just, uh, it's nice to be all settled in. I hate moving. The transition part is the worst, isn't it? In boxes, half here, half there. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And you forget how much stuff you accumulate. Um, even living in like a townhome or one bedroom condo or whatever, it's, just, it's wild. And sometimes it's like the little stuff, isn't it? It's the meaningful things. You're like, well, I like it. I need to take it with me. Yeah, exactly. It's the little trinkets or the, uh, the zebra on the wall. You know, you got to roll that thing up and take it with you. I've had it since I was a baby in the family. <laughs> yeah. And it was in a bucket. And I was like, I got to take this and see what I can do with it. Oh, yeah. I have one of those in my parents' house as well, too. I think we have two, actually. <laughs> it's a thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not many people realize it's... it's... Suzanne gave me this thing uh, from Sage. It's called No Filter. Mm. Okay. And literally, it's 100 questions that matter. And it's just a little box of little questions. And I think it's so cool. And I take it everywhere because I just, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a, as a podcast host as well, too, that, that probably helps, like, you know, get some questions going. You know, I haven't used it yet. I should, though. She should. Sorry, I'm just trying to get the camera right. I wonder if I can just move that other way. I think it adds ambiance. Yeah. Unless it's got a game plan on there, then move it the way. <laughs> right. The secret sauce. Yeah. I have yeah. my whiteboard over there too. And um, that's where I put everything. It's just, I love yeah. whiteboards. Oh man, me too. Yeah, whiteboards are a game changer. I got one in 20, I want to say 2016. Mm -hmm. And um, I swear, man, like some of the stuff that I've done wouldn't have come together if it wasn't for my whiteboard. Just those, those moments of sitting around and you'd have an idea and you could throw it in a journal and that works as well too. But then it's just so small, they'll close it and it'll keep going, right? But on a whiteboard, it's in front of you always until you like either check it off or erase it or do something. I mean, so. I'm so old school. I still write everything on paper. Me too. If you have a task to do, you flip it the next day and you've moved on and you forget about yeah. it. But yeah. Totally. What, yeah. what do you do on your whiteboard? Is it mainly for brainstorming or tasks that need to be completed? You know, on, on this one right now, I have um, like I have a I have a like a, a little line to myself that says my only competition is me. Um, I've got like my workout schedule for the week. I've got like client follow ups, um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I just kind of use it for like my brainstorming, and then sometimes if I'm doing like a new product feature or whatever, I'll literally draw the whole thing out and take pictures of it, send to my dev team. But it's just nice to like have a big space to kind of just play on, right? And then sometimes I'll just draw random stuff on there too. Man, and it's funny how you have a line on there. For me, I have one right here, a sticky note, and it's, mm -hmm. it says depth, not width. Yeah, I like it. Because as an entrepreneur, you know, we can keep adding on ideas and spreading ourselves thin. Right. Exactly. It's like, no, 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 stay in there. Keep going this way. Yeah, yeah, get deep, man. Yeah, get deep. That's the only way. I like it. Do you think that we're going to have this moving forward, like the psychological damage done where we're like, nah, elbows? Possibly, you know what? Yesterday, so I moved into a new place, and um, there, there was a guy outside that had a really nice car, and he's parked right outside my place. And I started chatting him up, and then I was like, "What was your name again?" And he tells me his name, and he reaches out to like shake my hand, and I'm like, "I haven't shaken a stranger's hand in like a year and a half." It's always like a fist bump or an elbow or whatever, and it felt super strange. But I was like, uh, <laughs> "Go inside, like." <laughs> so I don't know. I think so. It's gonna be a little weird. <laughs> that was me yesterday someone for the first time a random stranger said fist bump and i said oh i actually kind of i gave him a side fist bump like on the edge but i got yeah. in the car i was like lice all wipes oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you're going like full howie mandela eh? like no touch just no touch yeah good enough air, air hugs <laughs> nice to see you man <laughs>
<laughs> That's awesome. How, so you've been settled in now. Uh, this is first day. No, I, I, well, technically, like June first is my first day here. But me being the uh, OCD uh, person that I am, I got out of my place early and got in here a couple weeks early. I, I want to beat the rush of people moving in. It's a, it's a new building that I know it's going to be busy this weekend. Oh, yes. so I just I talked to the landlord. I'm like, if I can get in a couple weeks early, can you just hook me up? And they're like, yeah, no problem. Just do that. So I like and to just get shit done fast. Is this uh, for a, like a year long at least? You're- it's a year. Yeah. Good, we'll good. see. Like, you know, what? I, I did like a virtual Zoom walkthrough of the place. So I had no idea what I was getting. Nice. And then what, when, I, when I got here, I'm realizing how amazing it is. Uh, and like I'm right across the street from the Shagnappy golf course. And there's so many wicked paths yeah. around here, right on Boat Trail. And um, every day I'm surprised. So that's, that's kind of like a lesson in life for me as well, too. It's like just figure it out and give yourself a, a reason to be surprised versus like having massive expectations and potentially being disappointed. It's like every day I'm exploring, like today I, w- I walked Aria into a, a new path and all of a sudden I'm in this urban forest right across the street. I was like, holy shit, this is like literally two minutes away from my place. This is That's insane. Cool. Right, so. And you guys have Walmart right there, Westbrook Mall? Yeah, yeah, Westbrook's here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's handy, but also provides that, uh, you know, a little bit of sketch whenever you need it and then come back. To- <laughs> <laughs> you won't miss the hood, eh, where we grew up. <laughs> No, no. Well, I, I lived in downtown for like so many years as well too, right? So I'm, I'm no stranger to like random characters and stuff. But um, it's, it's a yeah, different it's, hood, isn't it? It is different than North. When people say, "Oh, Northeast is sketchy," no, it's a different. No, no, Northeast isn't sketchy. No, Nor- Northeast is very, you know, it's very vibrant and very um, like immigrant heavy for sure. Um, it's very cultured. It's very noisy. It can be at, at times. Um, but I wouldn't call it sketchy. Like sketchy no. is, you know, when you have like serious amounts of like homeless populations or, you know, right across the street from train stations, yeah. stuff like that, it can get a little sketchy, yeah, but that's, that's also downtown, like, like right? yeah. and inner city, like even the inner city now here is interesting. Like if, I, if you look outside my, my, uh, my window, it's like, it's like a marathon of people running and biking and then a random person with a shopping cart. And then another person running and biking. It's like, it's, it's super motivating for people like that. And also you see like just a lot of random people as well too. And I'm like, that's just life, man. It's just yeah, interesting. Anywhere you go. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I like it. I, I really, I love this area, man. I'm, I'm falling in love with it more and more every day. It's, it's so funny. When I, um, when I moved out of that, the hood, out of that hood, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of beside right across the Safeway in Aspen in those condos there. Right. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. fell in love and I didn't want to leave the South. It just felt like an, escape from everyone i just felt totally like, well especially aspen like i was living in aspen before this as well yeah, too i remember at my buddy's town home and i was like this is weird because it's like it's like ultra nice and everyone is like it's like benz benz yeah. tesla 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 benz benz and it's like just, just, just you're living this weird utopian trippy space but then no one locks their doors and uh everyone's like outdoor furniture is still there in the morning <laughs> everyone's just cool it was, it was completely different right it was, it was nice to experience that though and then yeah. coming back to inner city i'm like i i noticed that i i like the interactions with other people a lot more here um and i feel like i fit in a lot more here as well too like that area is just like ultra ultra rich and oh yeah that i would never be living there if it wasn't for my buddy's townhome that he hooked me up with but what made you move was it just uh he, he... yeah so we kind of had a deal you know so for the last year before I moved into his place, I was back at my parents' place in, in, the, in the Northeast as well too, right? So I gave myself a year to kind of chill out with my parents and just see where life takes me. Because like in 2019, I was supposed to be moving to Vancouver. That was the idea. So 
came, came back to Calgary. I was like, I don't know where the hell I'm going to be. It's going to, it's COVID. Let's just like, let's just reconnect with my parents. Right. And see if I can add value at home and, um, come back as like an adult, you know, versus like a kid living at home. So I did that for a year. And then after my year was up, I'm like, I get a stir crazy, man. I'm like, I'm done living in the basement. Like I need to like be in an area that's inspiring. I need like green space. I need, you know, the ability to, to rip out to the mountains pretty quickly. So my buddy had this townhome that was uh, basically vacant for like eight months. I told him, I'm like, I'm not going to pay you market value, but you can kick me out whenever you want and put it on the market. And he's like, dude, that actually works for me because I want someone I trust. And it was, I just created this win-win scenario. So it was supposed to be six months and then the market was heating up and I was like, look, just let me get out of here, man. So you can sell this place and, and actually capitalize on this. I don't, I definitely don't want to hold you back from making more money. Um, and then the person I'm seeing right now, she hooked me. She, she actually got me like set up in this place. She helped me find a spot okay. and I was like, close enough. It's good. It's on boat trail. Like that's amazing. Is she in real estate as well or? No, not at all. She just likes to find stuff. <laughs> she's an occupational therapist, but she's just very, uh, I don't know, very, very smart and just like, can, can find things really well. And I was just like overwhelmed with stuff. I'm like, I don't care. I can live in a box. I, 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 I can live in a van. It doesn't matter to me. You know, it's just figure it out. Obviously I'm a little more bougie than that. I realized as well. It's a brand new building with some amenities. <laughs> Talk a big game until I'm there. I'm like, no, I need, exactly. I need, you are. I need AC. Inner city. Yeah. And AC. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So is it a, it's a one bedroom then? It's a one bedroom. Nice. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's big enough, but it's, it's for me, but it's funny it because it's really uh, bright though. Holy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like literally so white in here, man. Like all the, all the fixtures are either like white marble or quartz or whatever. And then that's just super bright. You're not wanting to move back home again, right? Like, no, if I leave Aspen, I'm not moving home again for a bit. I think so. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> I, like for me, man, it's about like, like I, don't, I don't mind living at home. Like I can, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have like really cool parents that I get, I get along with and I have my own space and all that. That's fine. You know, but for me mentally, I just, I found myself slipping into this like depressive state being at home. Every time I'd go for walks, it'd like bring up memories from like my junior high and high school. And I, I just, I like to grow, you know, I like to experience mm. new things and explore and not like things get mundane to me pretty fast. Yeah. So being in that area, I was just like, and I was way more aware of my emotions as I was walking around, even though it was cool to like see things as an adult and whatever. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I need to be closer to, to nature and to the mountains. And this is that's such an amazing, like in between, like literally the Bull River is a five minute walk from me from here. And I, I just explored that and found it too. Right. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been nice, but I could, I could go home, but I won't. Yeah. I remember I moved home. I was like, shit, why did I do this? Because <laughs> it's like, where are you going? Why? Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's what they, time will you be home? Yeah, what time will you be home? Oh, I'm, I'm older. <laughs> you don't need to ask me. <laughs> We're having dinner. Are you coming up? It's like, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting cold. Are you coming? I'm coming. Yeah, I yeah, know. Oh, yeah. It's awesome you know what? Go. We love them, though, right? It's We're totally. blessed. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, why did you want to move to Vancouver and what happened to that decision to stay back here in Calgary? Then? Um, well, being born and raised in Calgary, it was just like, it was interesting because I got accepted into an accelerator in Vancouver called uh, the radius slingshot program. Okay. And it was all around like the, it was sponsored by the public health agency in Canada. So they were very much invested in like, you know, um, the prevention of chronic conditions and you know we we applied with like hundreds of other companies and like the only top five got in there i think so we, you know it was, it was a very like cool thing to be part of in six months and at the time i had a really amazing hookup with westjet so i could fly back and forth 
So I was there for every single second Wednesday. So I think I took like 40 flights in six months back and forth to Vancouver. And I would stay there with my cousins in Burnaby and they gave me their basement and they were just amazing hosts. And then I was like, you know what, this city, they, they have a healthy city strategy. They're, they're actually like putting their money where their mouth is. It was just, I was having better conversations out there. Um, and then I also got hooked up with like, you know, we, we partnered with MEC and, you know, that was a really cool partnership. And then I'm, I'm meeting a lot more like socially minded people out there that were like hardcore on their environment. And, you know, you come back to Berta and it's just like all <laughs> oil and gas and, you know, coal mines, this and that. And I'm like, I don't fit in here, man. I don't think I ever have. But then when I came back, I was like, I had a conversation with Jason Ribeiro from the Calgary Economic Development. And we were chatting one day and he, I'm kind of telling him my story about how I want to go to Van and how I think Calgary is just like not for me anymore. And he's like, trust me, man, stick around. We need people like you. Like you can be part of the change, right? It's changing. You want to be here. And it got me thinking, I'm like, you can go somewhere that's super established to kind of be, you know, a fish in a, in a massive pond, or you could come here and actually, you know, have access to the different CEOs and join boards and do all the stuff. Um, because it's so fresh, right? So the fact that I've been able to be a part of like the Active City Collective and now, you know, joining United Way as their ambassador and all kinds of stuff that's happening here locally, I think I'm here for the long haul and just, I want to be a part of the city. I've I realized how much I love the city, even though, you know, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the, um, I don't know, like the politics sometimes here, but I think that the, the change here is really cool and uh, the people are amazing. So, yeah. Do you see a lot of optimism coming from our city? in terms of being open-minded and saying, hey, let's look at the environment. Let's look mm-hmm. at our social well-being, our, our self-awareness. That's putting right. that at, in front of things, mental health. Mm-hmm. I, I find it more because I look for it now. If I, I surround myself with people that are like-minded. Yeah. So I, I think you can find the other spectrum everywhere as well too, right? Other side of the spectrum, if you look for it. But I'm way more intentional of who I talk to, who I hang out with, like what I even... Um, intake in terms of like media or whatever you know what i mean like all those inputs determine your outputs so the more you're uh in control of that kind of stuff like i think you can find it like it was funny when you started doing the work about being more aware all these um cliches of like your vibe attracts a tribe and stuff like starts making sense really right good. so yeah it's funny how even like ourselves we we go on different paths and mm-hmm. today we're sitting here talking together right you know yeah. i mean years later and we come back and we kept in touch on and off, but what mm. a time. <laughs> like you just flow. It's got to work. Well, right? Yeah. Well, I think we're all just growing at our own pace, man. Like, I think we both were in this like weird space of like just feeling, I don't know, stuck and, you know, being in this weird dip or whatever. But I think, you know, what I've, what I've noticed in you um, is that you've taken charge and you don't let life happen to you anymore. You kind of dictate what's happening, but also are open to like the, the, I don't know, the source of like giving you whatever gifts it gives you, right? Like I've lost sense of outcomes anymore. I know what I want to do. I know what I'm trying to put out there and whatever happens with that, like amazing, you know, like that's, that's awesome. So I think when you lose expectations, you give yourself the opportunity to be surprised and actually have a good time. And yeah. yeah. Expectations killed, don't they? Dude, everything, man. Relationships, like businesses, you know, just mindsets, like motivation, whatever, you know, like just do the thing and trust the process and enjoy the process versus being like, you know, I want to be jacked. It's like, well, did you work out today? Are you eating better? Did you get enough sleep? You know, are you drinking enough water? Do the things that you think will get you there versus focusing on the outcome and the outcome will work itself out. And that, that outcome that you had in your mind may be completely different, but it'll be like catered to you based on whatever you put in. Mm-hmm. What made this happen? The shift where you said, 
I mean, well, we can even talk about the booze if you're okay. Mm. Yeah, of course. You and I used to drink. We used to go out. Um, <laughs> you know, we know a lot of the same people. Yeah. Whether I mean, Calgary is very small. Let's be honest. Totally. <laughs> it's a big city, but it's a small town mm. vibe. And, you know, we'd be out and we'd enjoy our time. And the next day, it was this vicious circle of slowly, day after day, month after month, taking a toll on our minds. How did you say, mm. I'm done? And I remember this very vividly because I was not where you were at that time. And you had gone on a trip and you, you were documenting and actually saved mm. it on my phone. So I oh, have yeah? it still. I'll nice. let pull it. What, what day was it or what month? And I'll pull it. You know what? I, I came, it was Mexico. So yeah. I, I went to Mexico with my parents and I came back March 2nd or 3rd, like literally a couple of days before COVID really hit Calgary or Canada. So the airports were like kind of normal and whatever. And, you know, we were hearing about it on the news about COVID coming to Canada and stuff for like, what the hell's going on? Right. But that trip to Mexico, I left on February 24th or 25th. It was an all-inclusive. I remember with my family and it was, this is like when I was like, I don't know, three to four months sober at that point. Oh, you had already like, been? Yeah. So I, I stopped drinking November, November 1st, 2019. And me was November 24th or 25th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, that, 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 that trip was wild because it was like, it was the true test. Right. But I, I know that trip, I was very intentional with how I wanted to spend it and knowing that I was testing myself. So I made a list of stuff that I want to get done when I, when I was out there, like when I was on the plane, I was like, I took my journal with me. So I was like, I want to document this, but also I'm going to keep myself accountable to stuff I want to get done. And I gave myself a reason to do certain things. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to drink because I want to wake up early the next morning and I wanted to see, you know, five out of seven sunrises. That was my goal. I wanted to get up early to get the best seats for my parents and my family at the pool because earlier, the earlier you get there, the better seats you get. Right. So that was like an incentive for me to get up. Um, what would it have been like if you, that wasn't you at the time? Oh, I'd just be sleeping in and figure I'd probably miss breakfast and see my parents at whatever lunch they were and hang out. I was just, it would just be reactive and sloppy. And I'd be spending a lot of my time probably napping and not enjoying the entire trip. Right. Like I've been to Mexico multiple times and either bachelor parties or just family trips or whatever. And you're like shit faced the entire time for the most part. Right. And then you're just sitting around feeling like crap the entire time. And you come back needing a vacation from that vacation because you just got destroyed the entire week. I remember you you were out there and you were literally up early. You're soaking yeah. up the sun. And I was just like, really? How yeah. can you do this? How? <laughs> like, it was just it was tough, bizarre. Man. It became easy. Yeah. It was awesome, though. It was, it was amazing because you start building community with other people that are there in the morning as well, too. So I would see the same three or four people that were early doing their yoga on the beach, you know, having their, like, yogurt and, you know, granola or whatever and, and reading and, like, six in the morning watching you know the sunrise and you start chatting up these people i'm like man i i like getting up early i like being around people that are like very intentional versus like stumbling down hungover you know that's just not me anymore no did you feel lonely without the booze socially in the beginning definitely you know and you you, i i I don't know i always experiment and find different hacks right so like i started to drink apple juice in like a cup because it made me feel like I was drinking a beer or if I was sitting at the pool bar or whatever, I'd ask for apple juice. And the guy's looking at me like, the hell? I'm like, just apple juice, man. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, he's, I'm like yeah, that, that's it. You know, it's like, we got pina coladas, we have whatever. I'm like, no, I just want apple juice. I'm going to, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to hydrate. I want to feel good, but I also want to trick myself into drinking. I'm drinking this cold beer or whatever. And I don't want to bring myself any like attention. Right. So 
yeah, I started to drink a lot of like, um, like club soda with lime, you know, so it makes it look like a certain drink. I have to like trick myself, but also just like, I don't, I don't want, I, I, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want the social weird interactions. Why aren't you drinking and this and that? I just didn't care to explain to people. Um, was that weird to you though? When people would ask you, well, why aren't you drinking? Like, did you try and keep it hidden for a bit? Full. So the, the thing is that I kind of flirted with sobriety a few times before I did the full year. So I did like two months and then I did three months. Uh, you know, so I, I would always kind of hit that date and then party that night and then spiral again. And I'm like, oh man, I need to quit again and stop for a bit. So then I, one thing that I've realized now is like when I, when I vocalize something and I throw it out to the world, like I am doing this and I, I want people to hold me accountable. So I don't like, I don't like just, I don't want to be that flaky guy, right? If I'm going to, if I'm going to say something like my integrity, I'm going to do it. So I, I threw it out there and I said, I, I'd go to parties and I say, I'm not they're like, do you want to drink? I'm like, no, I'm not drinking. Or, and they would say, why? And I say, and some people would come up to me. It was super weird as well too. Like, well, I didn't know you were an alcoholic. I didn't know you had problems. I'm like, I'm not an alcoholic no. and I don't necessarily have problems. I just realized that it was, I was sick of who I was becoming and I wanted to make a change. It was no longer serving me. Right. People are so quick to put like a title on whatever you're going through versus being like, no, I don't eat wheat because it makes my stomach feel like shit. So I'm going to stop eating wheat. And funny enough, actually, I was drinking beer a lot. Like I love craft beer. And every time I would drink beer, I couldn't breathe out of my nose. So I was developing some kind of weird allergy to booze and it would happen certain types of gin and stuff like that too. So, and it was affecting my sleep. So I was ultimately poisoning myself and then giving myself sleep apnea. So I'd have this like, circle of shit on top of the booze blues as well too so finally i was like what am i why am i doing this to myself man like i've come this far with drinking with the partying with whatever let's see how far i can go without the booze and i was like sick of my own shit and i was talking to my parents and i was like i'm done man like i, I just need to take a break but I, i'm done with the three month whatever i need like a year i need a full change it's that um, saying right you're sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah i was sick and tired of my own shit i'm like you know what i need to get out of my own way and stop and, and just take control of my life again Right. And, um, it's well, there's always because, an excuse, isn't yeah. there? Good days, bad days, yep. happy days, sad days. Yeah. Let's go yeah. drink. Yeah. Yeah. Especially living downtown. Like I was on, you saw me, I was at national all the time, you know, like we were, we were running Sogo. We were doing, you know, stuff for play city. We were like networking all the time. Like I was at national patio all the time or different patios. That was my gem. But, but here's the thing. People might say, well, when you're out there, you're interacting with people and you're networking Oh, yeah. That's why we drink. It's about networking and being that social person. Mm -hmm. Man, I had no deal come out of me drinking out socially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you you trick yourself, right? Like, because you're 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 we we as humans can create meaning out of anything, good or bad, right? I'm doing it because of that. Trust me. It's like really, what's actually coming out of that? Because all I see is sleeping in, eating like shit, putting on weight, feeling nasty, like dried out skin. Um, super depressed and then maybe you run to that person again and you'll drink and have a good time again but that's really about it right like um, but I, I can go to bars now and just actually have club soda or even water or lemonade like I don't care it's just being there right yeah. and I'm okay with people drinking around me I don't have a problem yeah. I don't Same. have that issue so do you think we were running away from something or do you think we were bandaging trauma it was a mask alcohol mm -hmm. it was a mask for some issues, some deep, deep, deep problems we've had. I think so. You know, it's, it's not really normal for people to dive deep into like childhood trauma or look at patterns of thought or, 
just take stock of our lives really. Right. Like it's, you're, we're so go, go, go on our phones all day. We're working and all of a sudden we're tired and then we just drink and then you go to sleep and you wake up and do the same show over again. So it's like cycle. And then the weekends you just like, don't do anything and kind of like recoup a little bit to do the same shit on Monday and all the way throughout the week. So cutting out the drinking really made me realize that I was running from like deep scars from like my childhood or my negative self thought and thinking it was, it just brought me a level of awareness I never had when I was drinking because I didn't give myself time and space to think about it. Right. Um, so you, you couple, couple sobriety with like, you know, psychological help. So like seeing a psychologist or meditation and stuff like that, you realize really quickly, like we, we are running from a lot of stuff and because booze is so normal and normalized, it's, it's also like keeping people numb. Right. So you see a lot of more people that are depressed and a lot more just like complacent with life because they're not giving themselves the time and energy to think about what they actually enjoy and what they don't enjoy and, and just be very intentional about like, now I'm cutting that out. So I'm going to do more of this. It's a loneliness too. I think that's a huge factor. Yeah. You know, I was thinking I became so involved in that scene mm-hmm. where I always said I was never going to be that guy that goes to the bar by myself and sits there and just looks at the TV screen with a beer. And, you know, mm-hmm. you see elderly gentlemen and, individuals around you looking like that like all haggard exhausted and just like grumpy and mm-hmm. fucking became that guy and i was like what yeah. is happening like because not every day your friends were going out you were mm-hmm. and that's a problem <laughs> exactly i was that exact same guy as well too i would use any excuse to be at the bar to drink i was like i think i one year when i remember when i moved to downtown after I came back from asia this was 2016 i watched every single flames game from watchman's pub on 17th and a lot of times I was by myself. I would just go there and I'd have like two or three beers. And that was like three times a week, not including the times I would go drink with my friends, right? So it, became, it came to a point that I could really count on one hand how many days I was sober in a month versus how many days I'd drink. And that's when I was like, holy shit, you know, not only am I spending a ton of money, I'm just like giving a lot of my life away to booze. And for what, right? Like I, didn't, I was in a weird relationship at the time. I was like, just running away from stuff, man. Life is just hard enough as it is. You know, you see your ex-business partners doing really well with the company that you founded and you're just struggling because you're like, you're an entrepreneur, you're on your own, you have all these expectations. You're like, ah, fuck, I don't know. I'm just going to go get drunk, I guess, and figure it out. But that never happens. No, never figure it out. You have to do it yourself. The journey is, it's, it's a lonely journey, but it's a powerful mm-hmm. one if you can get break the cycle, get out of the habit I mean, we both know individuals that probably do struggle through this, but no, mm-hmm. one, you can't tell them, Hey man, you should probably look at, don't let no one listen. It's when they just, I'm done. I'm, and some people yeah. are never done. Right. Totally. Yeah. You got to hit your own rock bottom or whatever that looks like for other people. It's very like relative. Right. But at the same time, I remember reading this thing on like a suicide pamphlet. Cause I was looking at, um, you know, a suicide Calgary to like reach out for play city or whatever. And the, the line stood out to me. It was like the opposite of addiction is connection. And when people don't feel other connected to themselves or other people, then they start running away and they find connection through booze or drugs or whatever, or gangs or whatever you think, right? There's something to feel like belong. people want to feel like they belong. So you can go to a bar and sit there at the, you know, the whatever, the well and sit there and shoot the shit and watching the game with someone. And there's all of a sudden chatting you up. That's what they're there for. They want to feel like they belong. They want to feel included in the conversation because they're lonely as hell too, right? So then all of a sudden you're shooting the shit, chatting, three beers go by and you're like, oh, I'm going home now. But you got that fixed. That's what it was. So like even with sobriety, that's why, you know, you see things like AA, you know, doing really well for people. And, and the, I, I've been to meetings with my cousins that are like hardcore addicts before, you know, on different things. And I would just like, 
visit with them and, and under the guise of me supporting them, which I was, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was in my own head. I'm like, I'm getting a lot out of this as well too, by being here. I think I have potential issues that I should be working on. Mm-hmm. And you and realize, you realize that, you're not alone. Exactly. And it's community, right? And community is everything. That, that support helps you, whether it's through dark days of entrepreneurship or dark days of sobriety and loneliness or whatever. Like I think community, the Kane or whatever it is, right? Like I did a lot more Kane. Um, community is like number one in my books, man, for, for support. Not many people realize that the journey of what you and I are doing or many other entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, mm-hmm. to get something going, to change for the better for people. I mean, that's, that's a doggy dog world of an internal struggle. You know, the breakdown, well, I could be doing this. Like you said, mm. my co-founders, look where they're at. Look, I'm, you know, we can start beating ourselves down. How did you find a way or do you find ways to pick yourself up? Because there's no one else to look at. You got the four walls mm. around us. <laughs> That's what I have on my, on, my, on my whiteboard. My only competition is me, right? I, I, I gave away the power of comparison uh, a few years ago. Um, I stopped giving a shit what people were doing. I stopped caring what their lives were like on what I, my perception of their life or whatever. Everyone's got their own problems, their own issues. I would only see certain things. So I, I gave that power that was over me of, of control. And I started to ask myself why I want certain things. You know, what do I actually want? What do I want? And now I'm way more comfortable driving like an older car that's very like specific to what I want, man. It has the space, it has the hitch, it has, you know, my, my dog seat, it's got the room for my outdoor gear. You know, I, I'm, I'm very happy with like my mission in life and having purpose and what I do and, and the community work that I do or whatever. Like, I don't care what anyone else is like life anymore. So I, as soon as I got rid of that comparison, man, my life got way happier and I just felt way more content with myself. And just for the listeners, you know, people sometimes think, oh, well, that's ignorance when you, you avoid or you only look at what you want to look at. Mm. Um, but you're not doing it in a negative notion. So it's not like no. you're looking at one media outlet and saying, well, that's what I believe. And that's only what I believe you're, you're taking just the good things. you you don't care about negativity anymore. You're not letting it absorb you mm-hmm. as much as we're living in a time with so much polarization mm-hmm. and a shift. How have you been able to stay level-headed through it all? Cause I think the more yeah. you're going through this sobriety journey and watching you, I mean, you're just growing. As a human being, you're you're elevating, and it's really cool to see as a friend from a distance that wow, that's a leader right there. I can look at in our community. Thanks, Ben. Clearly, no, I've been uh, following it, and look, uh, thanks, my November was just this time around, so might be a year behind you in certain things, maybe ten years behind you in certain things, but you're you're leading this forward. Who who who's there for you? I guess I'll say. First of all, I just want, I just want to say I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, I, I think that whatever we do is off of the shoulders. Like I stand on the shoulders of giants, you know what I mean? Like I have people in my family or in the community that have paved the way for me uh, and given me that support, whether they're like my, some of my best friends or my parents or my sister or you people in the Entrepreneurs Anonymous group that we created. Like yes. it's just people, right? And I, I think going back to your earlier point as well too, about looking at certain things or being ignorant or whatever, it's like, I see everything. I, I see it all. I just don't let things affect me anymore. Um, I, 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 I'm, I, you know, when there's all those different quotes, right? Like your mind's a garden and you have to protect what gets in there. Right. 
I, I, it's all around me, but I have this fence up and I can see it. I, I choose to let things in and I, I'm very quickly able to let things go now as well too. Some things not as fast as I want to, but I try not to hold on to things. And I also have this like, maybe it's the community work now, especially like in the funeral committee and stuff like that. I have this perspective of impermanence and just knowing that nothing is here to stay. My physical body, my dog, this place, you, this technology, whatever. So fucking enjoy it for what it is right now because everything's going to change, right? Do the best you can. And what keeps me level-headed and grounded is just feeling like when I have integrity to myself that I said what I was going to do or I have like good intention what I was going to do, I can sleep at night. You know, I've got the best sleep of my life in the last like two years, year and a half. Ever since I quit drinking, I started doing what I said I was going to do versus having this massive list of like, I got to do this, I got to do that. Now I just check shit off, man. I get so much stuff done now and I just feel better. So that keeps me grounded. Um, but also Does your the, expectation yeah. get higher for yourself or do you, you know, like tomorrow I'm going to level up or do you not put pressure on yourself anymore? So my mentality is like, I'm either growing or I'm dying. Right. And I, I think every single day we're alive, we're, we're obviously getting closer to our death, but at the same time, my, my goal is to continuously grow, but that doesn't mean I want to grind every day and hustle every day. And that whole romanticized culture of like, I got to go, 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 go. I, I mm. take my time to rest. I take my time to chill out. Like, I just want to continue to see where my potential can go. I've always felt like, I think everyone has so much potential inside of them, but many of us feel like this ball of potential that's just like waiting to explode. Right. Mm. Now I'm giving myself the opportunity. I'm like, let's see where this goes. And I don't know where it's going to end up. I might fall flat on my face or whatever, but it's a worthy pursuit. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather be in the ring fighting and trying versus be on the sidelines. I wish. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think we've both taken that meaning of YOLO to it different perspective right you only live once right yeah before we'd be like yolo cheers right yeah just rip it up right take take advantage of the day and then you're like wow i just like i just i traded one night for like a week basically and, and people don't realize when you work for yourself it is that week is literally a month's work dude this the spirals are dangerous man especially when you're solo and you already have like myself, I had this like weird depressive tendency as well too. I was very hard on myself. Um, I was very critical of some of the things I was doing. I'd look back into my past and just like focus on that stuff. But when you drink and you're feeling like shit and then you drink again and all of a sudden your body's just getting like overwhelmed with the amount of booze and you're eating like shit and everything else, it's just like this cesspool of just depression and, and grossness. That, that week can turn into a month. It could turn into six. It could turn into a year. And it just becomes a blur and it's gone, right? Like, wow, what the hell did I accomplish that year? That's the shit I would do and say. And, and then there's just these flashbacks come back and like haunt me yeah. some days. I'm like, geez, yeah. that was me in that moment. <laughs> I was like, not only are you hard on everyone around you, but yeah. the chaos you're putting on your fucking body, your mind, your spirit, yeah. you're just killing yourself. Mm -hmm. Everyone around you, right? Like, it's, it's funny to look back on that. And that's the stuff that sometimes keeps me going um, when I sometimes want to have a drink. And I start thinking about those embarrassing, weird times and some of the shit I used to do or say or, you know, just be loud to overcompensate and whatever. And I'm like, that's the, 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 the cons outweigh the pro so far. That's not even worth going back. Like, do you feel like you're going to go back to drinking ever? No. All right, you're done with it, right? I said in the podcast the other day, because some lady's like, oh, I'm taking a 60-day break. You know, I'm not saying I'm not going to drink. I'm just taking a little break. And I was like, hmm. yeah, I've never even said I want a 60-day break. I literally said I'm done. And I haven't, hmm. I haven't thought about it. The first couple of weeks were hard because um, it was that 
I was drinking every day, man. It was like equivalent to like 16 to 20 beers a night. Wow. That's disgusting. It's a lot. And just a wreck. Wake up feeling like shit. But I didn't think it was a hangover anymore because I was so used to permanently feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. And I started getting sober. And you know, I said, okay, I'm going to face my fear of going to the pubs that I used to go to mm-hmm. and not drink there. Right. Nice. And surprisingly, people were supportive of it. And a lot of guys that were regulars, they were like, holy shit, man. Like, I don't know how you're doing this. This is hard. I struggle with mm-hmm. this. They're there every day as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's funny when you change it around, you can inspire a lot more people and a lot of people will have your back. And the ones that want to coerce you to drink or whatever, you realize that's the only thing you had in common with these people was oh that you were just getting a shit face with people that you don't really care about. It was just convenient. So then when you stop drinking and obviously things change, you're like, huh, we don't have any common ground anymore. And that was a cool chapter while it lasted, but I'm not there anymore. So see ya. You know? Like I told you, my birthday party last year. The only person that was sober there was Justin Haver, that guy, my friend. Mm-hmm. Everyone else drinking. Not one person has called me. How's life? How you been to the pandemic? What have you been up to? Not really? one, one fucking person. Except him. We talk all the time. Not yeah. one person. And, but we, were, we had, I guess it was drinking friends. There was a party. Exactly. It's funny how that works. Weird, eh? How that happened. Some girl reached out to me, one of the girls from the party. Oh, hey, are you going to have a birthday this year? Get together. I was like, hey, why don't you come over? We should grab a bite or something. Yeah. It's like, ah, you know, pandemic, but hopefully a birthday time will party it up. Who's coming to your birthday? Fuck off. Yeah, that's that's, that's, like so many red flags in one statement right there, right? Oh, God, yeah, terrible. I don't need that in my life. No, no. (laughs) No, But I don't think I'll do it. You know what? I don't don't want to do it. What about yourself? Do you? I don't think so. You know, like, so my my best friend got married December 14th, I believe, 13th or 14th of 2020. Uh, the day, sorry, the twelfth. It was the day before, like the hardcore restrictions came down. Oh yeah, because you and, went to a, it was like a, it, it was at their house, wasn't it, or yeah, somewhere? Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty wild story. You know, I won't get into the details, but it, um, I remember. I, I, I was his best man. I know this. Yeah, I know the story. Yeah. yeah, it was a very emotional wedding, right? Um, I was his best man, and that day, I was like, there's only ten of us there, right? And they they cracked a couple of bottles of champagne or whatever, and it was early early in the night. The people were like smashed and getting, you know crazy or anything so i was like i'm gonna cheers with my best friend you know i'm his best man i'm gonna have a drink i'm gonna have a drink so i poured myself everyone had like a full glass i gave myself like a little bit of the champagne and i remember taking a few sips and i was like wow like i feel good that's crazy how good that how delicious tasty it is and I, I i remember like spiking and i was getting like whoa i'm feeling kind of tipsy off like one and then like 15 minutes later i was like mm, came right back down and level-headed and i was like is this what normal people do because that was fucking awesome because that was like a little little whoa and then i'm back and i can drive home and i'm good right but the problem with me before and even yourself like we were just 18 to 20 beers like we would just stop until you like and then you're going to bed right yeah so it was a wild experience that was our problem we couldn't we didn't stop yeah one beer no i was like two or three even four enough to be like oh i feel gross man i'm gonna go to bed right but what i learned that day was and i'm actually pretty proud of myself for having that one glass and, and calling it that's it and allow myself to come down and have that realization of like, wow. So it is actually possible to have a drink, celebrate, come back down, and then that's it and leave. But I, you know what? I did have a little bit of anxiety after that. And, and I ended up leaving the party a little bit early because I was like, okay, now they're getting a little, you know, more drunk and it's getting a little loose and whatever. I'm like, I just don't want to sit here and drink bubbly all night, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to take off and get to bed. But You know, it's funny, man. Like I have hung out with a few friends of mine before the lockdown that I used to drink with and they're great friends of mine. 
I don't know if half of them don't like they're like, what? You're still not drinking, dude. No, I'm not drinking, man. I'm not drinking. I keep telling you I'm hanging out with you, but I'm not drinking. Oh, okay. But you just you're with your friend and their conversations are just getting wacky after two drinks, two doubles (laughs) for heaven. And, you know, they start getting louder, repeating themselves. (laughs) Then they're they're talking to people and, and you're just like, what am I doing here? And you can literally leave and they won't even know you're gone. Right. That's kind of the beauty of it though, right? Like those, don't you feel powerful when you can actually go somewhere now and leave on your own will and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm done here. I, I've got exactly what I needed out of this conversation. It's cool to hang out. You do your thing. And uh, you know, it comes from a place of like self-love and not judging others as well too. hundred percent. Cause you, like, you do I don't thing. judge. I don't judge yeah. because that's, we can easily go back there. That's the other thing. Oh, it's yeah. so easy for us to say, Hey, Oh man, after this podcast, I want to go grab a drink. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been easy. Um, mm-hmm. but there's this thing now that we're like, no, I don't want it. Right. Me getting Ari, right? Mine's mm-hmm. Ari, yours is Aria. Mm-hmm. Um, had helped save me in a way. A dog saved me. I agree. It gave me responsibility me that uh, I needed it in my life. That's exactly what I felt as well too. You know, like when, when you're taking care of something above and beyond yourself, it's, it's, uh, it's daunting, man. Cause like, especially Aria, man, like your, your dog's pretty active as well too. But I'm like, I have a Husky, man. And she's like, she needs to be out for like crazy walks. Right. And no ifs, ands or buts about it. Like she needs a long walk in the morning, you know, a, a dog park run. She's got to eat her food on time. She has a super sensitive stomach. So I can't be like leaving stuff around or whatever. I have to be like on point with her. Otherwise I'll be paying the price. And so is she, but tell me about how your dog has kept you accountable and like how good that's been for you. <sighs> well, you know, he just be out all night or he didn't care. Right. Um, realizing that there's something that relies on you and mm-hmm. uh, you know you have your your family your external family friends that obviously want your best interest but this thing good days bad days any day yeah. they're there and yeah. uh, best friend literally a best friend and I'm sure she um, is for you I, I tell her that all the time, man. I talk to my dog a lot. Sometimes I like laugh to myself when I'm chatting with her. I'm like, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I, I love you. And like, you are amazing. And you don't even know how awesome you are. Like I say all kinds of crazy stuff to her, right? And I'm like, I don't even care. I just like say it out loud. I'm like, this is awesome. Like you're, I'm so fucking lucky to have you in my life. Do you, you hug them and you, Oh yeah. Just, and I, giving him a billion kisses all the time. I'm just like, I love you so goddamn much. <laughs> I think everyone should own a dog, man, or some kind of cat or something. You know, cats are cool as well too. Like they're a, little, they're a lot more self-maintained, yeah. but a dog is such a godsend, man, for so many reasons, right? Like he gets you outside for those walks, something to take care of, the unconditional love, the amount of people I've met walking her. And I'm sure the same for you. You have a beautiful dog too. It doesn't matter if they're good looking or not. It helps when they are. <laughs> but uh ben, like the amount of times i get stopped in the street in random conversations i know way more of my neighbors anywhere i go now i can live in fucking manitoba somewhere and i will find all my neighbors because like they want to talk about dogs or whatever you find your people right and uh it is wild man like my parents were even surprised because i'd walk around their neighborhood waving to everybody like hey how's it going i knew, I knew more of the dog names than the people's names but i was like what's up Ralphie and Jojo and whatever. They're like, holy shit. How many people do you know? I'm like, I see them every day. Cause they're out there walking their dogs too. Like you're connecting with people. Have you always been an outdoors person? You know what? I think I was, I was pretty outdoorsy, but I was also very, I wasn't confident to actually pursue anything. 
you know, like, so my, my, like growing up, my, my dad got me a basketball net in my backyard and we had like a paved backyard. Yeah. So I always had the house that people came to. So I'd be like, I'd have, you know, the soccer net, the hockey net, the basketball net, everything oh, was in my nice. backyard. And it was big enough to be like play games or whatever. Yeah. But then 21? I would never pursue. Yeah. 21. I can, I can shoot for days. I can, I can dribble <laughs> over shit, but I can shoot all day. <laughs> you know, but I, I grew up, my, my parents took me camping a lot as well too. Like we started camping super young. I'm super grateful for my dad. Um, and my uncles um, that were like always about like, you know, the trailer and getting out there and going, we, we grew up in like Mount Kid, Kananaskis oh, yeah. area. We did a lot of camping out there, fishing and stuff like that. And then somewhere along the line, it kind of stopped probably when I started hanging with other buddies and, you know, the drinking and all that. And all of a sudden all of your weekends are just doing that. Right. But the real outdoorsy stuff beyond like golf and, you know, like softball and kind of like those team sports, all that started during COVID. Like I've never hiked more in my life than I have during COVID. Um, I could probably count on my one hand, how many hikes I went on before COVID. And now I have this like itch to get out there once a week or I find different paths in the city. Like yesterday I did Douglas fur right on uh, boat trail. It's amazing. Yeah, like you're in, you're, you're, you're in the forest, man. Yeah. It's incredible. Right. So there's such a healing power of nature and being outdoors and again, having that dog just to be accountable. And she's my excuse to find new stuff because I want to keep it like interesting for her as well too. You know, my, my goal is to show her every trail possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I just reap the benefits of that. There's a sense of joy when you see your dog outside <laughs> for some weird oh, yeah. reason. He's like on the leash running around. I'm like, yes, you're happy. I'm happy. Yeah. You're happy. Look. Totally. <laughs> it's a silliness. I love I, it. He sleeps right here. When you look at what you've created, which is remarkable. I mean, I haven't seen anything like this out there. How did this idea come about Play City? And I mean, it's just growing and you're getting partnerships, you're growing user bases. Like you just had, what was it? A few months ago, 10,000 downloads already. Yeah. And and last summer we had 10,000. I brought up to almost 12,000 ish right now. Um, But it's growing, man. It's it's fun. And thanks man for saying that, you know, like I, I appreciate it. And, I think that it came from a place of a real need, not only for myself to feel connected and going back to like longing and connection and whatever else, it was like a genuine human need that people need. And it was so much more than uh, I've never been money driven. I think money is a tool to like sustain whatever you want to do and give yourself that life that you want to create something and give you that flexibility and freedom. But I'm, I'm not driven by like millions Ferrari. of dollars. To buy more. Yeah. I don't want to buy more shit. You know, I, I get rid of stuff. I sold my PlayStation yesterday because I, I didn't use it for like a year and I sold it to someone. I was like, you use it, man. If you use it, that's amazing. You know? So How I just nice want to get rid of it. get rid of no, like crap. You don't just get out. Like yeah. I said, we're not taking any of it with us. All right. Yeah. I love it, man. So like I look around my place right now. I'm like, if I don't use it every single day or I'm not really intentional, I don't want it. Everything in my place right now, I use it hundred percent or I don't at all. You know, that's it. What does that picture symbolize or mean to you? If that's behind you right now. <laughs> Well, first of all, I, I feel free on a bike. You know, I, 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 every year since I sold my company in 2014, every year I had a game-changing moment. And in 2015, 2014 is when I came back. 2015 is when I got my bike and I started to work out heavy with my buddy Mike. And so that, that, that year was like the bike that gave me freedom. It made me feel like a kid all over again. You know, uh, if you, if you rip around, if you, oh, dude, man, if you rip around on a bike, as an adult and just feel like the air in your face. And it's like going through trails and little jumps and whatever. It's just like childlike joy that we've like suppressed with adult things. And now I'm like, fuck, all I want to do is play, man. And I want to make that my life. And that's what I've turned place it into is just 
you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> when I want to grow up, I want to be a professional athlete. And this is the closest thing to that. I'm like, I'm getting paid to play sports, man, and enjoy. And that's fucking awesome. You know, <laughs> you, you, you brought up the childhood thing. I mean, yeah. for this whole sobriety thing, I started doing things that I used to do as a kid. And, mm-hmm. and I, I fell back in love with um, the boyish part of you. It's not the immaturity part. It's, it's right. these little habits, these things that were so simple. Mm-hmm. And like you said, as adults, we complicate ourselves, don't we? Totally. Yeah. Life, life, life is simple when we like allow it to be, you know, it's just about like having something of purpose, having community, having, having fun. This like, you know, what what I enjoy now about naming with play city and like the community and whatever is like this childlike innocence and curiosity of doing novel things. You know, we started night hiking not too long ago and (laughs) two years ago, I'd be like, hell no, man, that's not for me. It's bears and cougars and wolves and whatever. And when you have the right facilitation you feel safe, you, you can do things. So, you know, 10 of us will get together. We're led by Scott Berry, who runs a company called the original path guides who's one of our partners as well too. And he's like a hardcore outdoorsman, all of his certifications and we just feel safe. And we have our headlamps and our spikes and we're walking around and I'm like, I'm in the mountains knowingly. Is that pitch unreal. black? Pitch black. Pitch, pitch black. Like you, you, you never see stars in the moon like this, man. It's a, a, unbelievable. And pictures on your phone don't do it justice. No. Like getting out there is insane so I, I take aria with me as well too and it's just a bunch of us walking around the mountains no one's out there and you're like exploring the mountains at nighttime it's fucking nuts man but that's like i'm every time i'm out there i'm pumped like i have this like giddiness it's the same feeling i get when i go play tennis and I have the really good first rally when we're warming up i'm like oh shit this is gonna be amazing because it's like the perfect match right when like, you get to oh. the top of the mountain and is it um sunrise when you're, mm. what does it look like up there uh well, first of all, I can tell you, man, I haven't really done a sunrise hike. I've done some sunset hikes, which yeah. is really cool. And seeing that transition of like warm and safe and like what our mind tells us is like, you know, everything's gonna be okay. Like the, the bright and all of a sudden it gets dark and like scary and what's out there. And like, it's funny how your mind plays tricks. Like all we've just done is the light's gone. That's it. Everything's still the exact same. Right. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a mind trick and mind play and, seeing your giving yourself time to have your eyes adjust to the dark is, is a really cool thing. Cause it doesn't happen like this. It happens over like half an hour. And then all of a sudden your senses are like just keeping you on point. So like, Holy shit, I can actually see in here. And then moonlight's oh, enough. Super cool. Right. So like you learn about yourself throughout this process of like how much more we're capable of, but we run away from this like fear because, Oh shit, it's dark, man. I need a light. It's like, no, maybe you need to just chill out and like accept what it is and learn to live like that. How much of that is our breathing? I think a lot of it comes to breath for sure, you know, cause like you, you get anxious and you're breathing really fast. And a lot of what's cool about these guides as well too, is like, they teach you that like the breathing and stuff as, as well too. Like when you're out there, there's different tactics of like, all right, let's just all turn our lights off and slow it down and take a minute to appreciate where we are. And, uh, does everyone have everything on them? You know, I'm like, yeah, we're good. All right, let's just go slowly. Follow this path, follow me. I'll, I'll lead the way. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, the moon is bright as hell. It's like a night sun. It's crazy how bright it is sometimes when you're in the mountains, you don't need a light at all. Sometimes we've gone through hikes for six hours and not a single light turns on because you're just like going by moonlight. It's unbelievable. No, for sure. When you, when you look at the future of place city, where do you, you envision it? So COVID has been really interesting to teach us what actually is super important. And I know I started play city in 2016 I know you, with the you, mission. It's, it's like you f- had foreseen the future <laughs> in a way when you think of a play city. <laughs> Well, finally, you know, I'm like, fuck, I'm like, that's like my fourth company. I'm like, 
finally we were ahead of the curve yes as when i was talking to the cities or before like ah, i don't know man what if this happens like they're all going to the negative i'm like do you understand how lonely people are do you understand how many people are laid off sitting around they want to be out there and how how important it is for people to meet people and build connection and you know they always say business is done on the golf course or whatever like how many people can afford golf course like memberships and go out there and do that kind of stuff right like people can have the same connection on a tennis court mm-hmm. or a dog park or like a squash court or whatever you know so I'm glad that what we're doing, what we're building is so much more human in nature versus like this novel, you know, the soup du jour kind of thing, right? Like we've been steadfast on connection. We've been steadfast on mental health. We've been steadfast on, on belonging and using physical activity to get people to that space of better well-being. But what I see for the future and what's already happening now with our announcements is like companies are going to see the value of bringing people together that are working in from home or it's a hybrid model or whatever. And they're going to understand that employees that are not connected, that are isolated, that are burning out are going to be a liability for their work. And if they want to be a great place to work, they need to do things to connect their employees. So what we've done with Play City now is that when you onboard our partners, you can actually um, select your organization to say, I am part of Brookfield or I'm part of Repsol or I'm part of whatever. And then when you're browsing, you can see other people part of that same community. So it removes another barrier, right? So my goal going forward is to work with like the best cultures, um, award-winning culture companies to say, if we're going to be another tool for your company, just to build more connection and you're going to create more retention because you're going to build more friendships. People are going to be happier. They're going to be more active and they're going to be more productive. Right? so let's work together to make this happen. Now for the listeners, is this app free to use? Yeah. So Play City is absolutely free for users. You can download it from the iOS or uh, Android store or go to playcityapp.com and you can download it there for free. Our, our partnerships are how we get paid. Those are the facilities that we work with. Those are the organizations that have underutilized programming. Those are the uh, companies that want to build better cultures. They pay us to be a part of our community. And we have a web-based publisher that we've given them to give like targeted push notifications and just better data analytics and stuff like that to make better decisions based on what their people actually want to be doing. Um, yeah. So 12,000 users. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it, man. Like it's, you know, and it's, it's funny. Huge. Thanks man. You know, sometimes, I, you know, thank you. Sometimes I don't go back and reflect cause I'm like your mind. And when you're running a company, yeah, you yeah. want a million, you want these massive numbers. Right. So going back and be like, Holy shit, man, like 12,000 people have taken their time and trust and download this platform, which is pretty cool. You know? Um, yeah, and it's just the beginning. I just feel like I'm not losing steam because the, the North Star is still so strong. How we get there will be who knows, right? But did I know to, the goal. Did you have to like pivot so many things through COVID and then all of a sudden with these new restrictions or, or the loosening of the new restrictions mm-hmm. very quickly, are you in this like panic mode where you're like, shit, we need to get more uh, partners right away or we need to, no? No, you know, like I'm really lucky to have a small nimble team like I work with like Tyler Burke who does all of our content creation and our marketing. And he's super, fantastic by the way. Thanks man. He, he's, he's amazing. I'm super blessed to be working with him. He actually grew up down the street from me as well too in temple. No so way. he gets like diversity, he gets inclusion. Yeah. He used to manage like BNP cycle. He's got this like awesome background in marketing, but also sports and this community as well. Like I think he's part of like a bike crew called like the forest lawn boys or something, nice. you know, like, so he's very grounded. So we, we get along really, really well. There's no like, bullshit their ego right it's awesome he just does good work how's your buddy doing sogo oh jay jay badella yeah he's, he's doing great man he's in uh he's in toronto right now he's taking good pin to uh to toronto so he's just gonna work out there i think it's closer to new york and some other bigger hubs so he had to make the move and i think he's doing well wow and uh benevity here eh 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. They're like them and a few others. They're like Calgary's unicorns, right? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. What, what can, would what, be what, a Calgary unicorn? I don't even know. That's yeah, but there. well, Benevity's a, a definitely a unicorn. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple other ones. Like, I know there's some other bigger companies like you know Adibotics are doing pretty well. And um, oh, uh, what's like, that payment processing one called? Yeah, Cement. Like they're they're doing really well. Uh, and then we, I think Wave Accounting was from Calgary as well too, right? James Lockery. There, there's there's a few massive companies here that have done really really well. But there's also like thousands of smaller ones that are just as amazing. Oh yeah, and I, you know I think uh, well. There's some excitement apparently happening in East Village now. We're going to have a the full tech sector. I think that's where it's going to be. At least. Yeah, yeah. Platform. They they finally got their spot, which is which is really cool. I know I know I know a few people from Platform. What is Platform? I think they want to be the hub. Uh, so I think they actually swallowed up Startup Calgary. They had some kind of amalgamation, but essentially what they want to do is create this like one-stop space for entrepreneurs. But I think their goal is to create ten thousand new entrepreneurs or ten thousand new businesses to create more jobs and help the economy and just give people the tools yeah. and the resources, the mentorship to build businesses. And this would be more like tech focused, I'm guessing, or no, any, I think, I think any kind of focus. That's so cool. yeah. yeah, there's like, there's agri tech, there's health tech, there's, um, I don't know, FinTech. There's, there's, <laughs> FinTech, there's, there's all kinds of stuff, right? There's any, anything you name it. What, what's, what's cool about Calgary right now with this like reawakening of oil and gas is not the be all end all is that you have a lot of leadership in the city that's coming out and saying like, we want to help build the next entrepreneur base or help support these people because they're leaving to go to Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal that are more, you know, just open to different ideas. Right. Um, well, not long ago, we were in, if you're not in oil and gas or if you're not, if you're thinking green or environment, mm-hmm. it was taboo. You were exactly. an outcast. Yeah. Well, you're either like with us or against us type thing, right? It's like, no, there's other ways of doing things. Like I love the environment, but I also understand that we need certain things, right? And so, like, what's this balance? And I've never been in that space, so I can't speak on it. No, but we just what need I would balance it's a balance and, and an open mind, and I think Calgary's ready for it. We're I think I think so. I said the exact same thing. I'm like, I am definitely okay with how things are right now. It's given, but at the same time, it's realized that it's going to be a practice of creating boundaries going forward, like COVID or not. You can just say no to stuff. It's like, mm. I'm good, man. I don't feel like going to that and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Come on. It's a birthday party, man. You got to be there. It's like, nah, you know, I'll take you for lunch one day. We'll do that. You know, I, I don't feel like going to a party. Well, I was just thinking, even my friends just was, oh man, the patios are opening. I'm super excited. The pa- mm. That's, I'm not there anymore, man. I don't give a fuck yeah. if a patio's open or not anymore. Exactly. It's kind of like, go enjoy it. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like the people that yeah, have really taken advantage. Don't, do no, don't, don't judge. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of this whole thing. It's like, for the people that took advantage of the opportunity of COVID and I looked at it as this like horrible, horrible thing. It's very much like, man, it really taught me what I like when I don't like. And um, I cook for myself seven days a week. I have one cheat meal now and I really enjoy it. I support local or whatever, but my, my cooking skills are like night and day from what they were last year. And you make and... me hungry every time you post. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I just want to cook, man. I, I, I save tons of money cooking. I don't drink. I'm out and active and supporting as many people as I can through the community. Like, I don't want to be doing fickle shit anymore. That's just going to make me spend frivolously. And I don't want to live in this weird cycle of like spending, you know what I mean? I want to, I want to enjoy things, but I want to know that there's so much stuff to be had. That's like not super inflated. And, you know, I'm, memories, I'm, right? when you look back when yeah. you're, I don't know, say if we live till 90, when you look back and you say, 
You're not going to remember, oh, I had this beautiful couch. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went on this hike and this is what I saw. And exactly. Those are those things that stay with you, I think. Yeah. Aria will stay with you forever, right? That's another. Yeah, for as long as she's alive. You know, I know that's limited as well, too. So I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is, you know? That's and a it's sad funny. Thing, to... eh? I wish they could be with us forever, but that's life. It's not sad, though. You know, it's, it, ma- it makes it more beautiful because you know it's going to come to an end. So you cherish moments further versus being taking things for granted. That, that's what all this might and ghost stuff has brought me, man. Honestly, is the fact that everything is so finite and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, I bury three people a week. You know what I mean? I help bury three people a week. And it's fucking insane. And you're not guaranteed to live to 80, 90. You know, you could pass tomorrow. You could pass next week. Everyone, right? You know, you've, you've dealt with a lot of grief in your family as well, too. And as, as have I, you know, um, but it just, it's just that constant reminder of like things are not as important as we give them the weight of in the moment. So just keep your eye on the things that are important and forget about the rest. You know, it's funny they bring up couches. I have this like really fucking heavy leather couch that I despise, but I bought it because like I knew it was good enough because I knew Ari was going to rip it up and be dirty on it or whatever. But now I look at it and I love this thing. It cost me 150 bucks and it's super comfortable and it's nice and it fits in my place. I'm like, Everything that I own in my spot right now I'm looking at is secondhand. Every single thing. Every single thing except my bed that I just invested in this year. And um, my record player that my sister got me for like a wedding present. For That's it. Everything else is used. Our record player is cool. They're so great. They are pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're fun. They yeah. always like just turn it on that old retro music. The vinyls go to a garage sale. You can pick up some good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally, man. I love it. They're too, expensive yeah. though, eh? To buy a record or a new one, like... 30, yeah. 40 bucks. I like, Jesus Christ. No, they're pretty wild for sure, man. But yeah. something about it is pretty cool. I, 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 are you listening to a lot of like older music, like, like am, 70s music stuff? Like Johnny Cash and yeah, yeah. You listen to hip hop stuff or? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all over the spectrum when it comes to music. But lately, like 70s music is really making me feel like happier, you know. And you can like music gives you a taste of what that life was like in that moment as well too. So all the stuff you hear in the 70s with like the hippie movement and peace yeah. and love and all that sort of stuff, and it's a cool fucking time, yeah. man. It, it was groovy as they would say right like you feel it yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, just, it just feels good like I, I feel just happier and that's that's the stuff i'm taking stock of i'm like okay check i like that so hip-hop stuff yeah will get me there's a time and place for it for sure you know has but, your threshold for what disturbs your peace dropped where yes definitely it has right yeah for myself as well like if yeah. anything i don't know I feel something weird or bad vibes or, mm. or that's annoying. Like if someone's calling mm. me like 10 times in a row, I'm like, don't disturb my peace. I'm right. it, the more you call me, I'm not going to pick up your phone. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't make me fun to pick up your phone. Like, no, I think you become, again, that's the, the, the lesson from all this is awareness, right? And it all comes down to awareness. So the more aware you are of what makes you tick and what makes you feel good. And you can start taking stock of that. All of a sudden you start protecting that, right? Like I have my phone. So I know now my, my sleep is my number one concern hands down. So I don't eat certain things before I go to bed. I take stock of how I sleep. I track it. Um, I know that when I eat certain stuff, I'll have like nightmares or versus not. It's, it's really, really weird. But you, you've got yeah. that self-aware. Wow. Yeah. That's what, that's what, that's cause that's my number one concern. So I'm like, I need the right temperature. I, I, I invest in my sleep. So that's like a better fan or like the better pillow or better blanket, <laughs> like you name it. You know, I want to have the best sleep. That's my number one thing. Are you on melatonin? I was for a bit. And then I started taking some edibles after that as well, too. That would help me go to sleep. And now I'm like, I'm just doing better things throughout the day. You know, like I'm, I'm meditating. I'm, I'm getting like 20,000 steps a day, 
versus like the 10. Um, it's, it's, a, it's funny because the more active I am, the more I give myself the opportunity to like actually get tired. And then I have like a really restful sleep and I'm just like, you know, I, I end the night off with like gratitude and just different things versus like the, the crutch here and there. Like, I'm just going to do this. Cause it's going to knock me out. It's like, no, do the work, man. Right. That's my oh, take on it. Anyways. No, I appreciate that. And thanks for so much for chatting today, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, man. That was, that felt like supernatural and we could chat for hours. You know, I have another <laughs> podcast. I have four actually as well too. I need to make my way down to Ramsey 